Welcome to the Utah Women in Leadership podcast series. Today we're going to be talking about mammography among Utah women. In March of 2017, we published a research snapshot on this topic, and even though it's a few years old, it's such an important topic, and we want to discuss some of the highlights in this podcast episode. I'm Dr. Susan Madsen, Founding Director of the Utah Women in Leadership Project, and I'm here with Robin Scribner, lead researcher on this report. Breast cancer is one of the most commonly occurring cancers among U.S. women and the primary cause of cancer death among women in Utah. Yet research has found that deaths from breast cancer can be substantially reduced if the tumor is discovered early and mammography screening is the most effective method for early detection. However, Despite the advantages of mammography screening for reducing mortality, not all women receive screening according to the recommended guidelines, and screening rates remain low, particularly among certain subpopulations of women. This is also true in Utah. In fact, a recent study showed Utah to be among the five lowest states in the nation for mammography screening rates. And in 2014, only 64.5% of Utah women aged 40 and older had received a mammography within the previous two previous years, compared with 72% of U.S. So that's a little bit of the background. And Robin, Glad to have you join us for this episode today and would love to have you just share some of your initial thoughts. Well, Susan, uh, we were excited to do this project, even though it's a little bit outside of our normal wheelhouse of the work that we do at the Utah Women in Leadership Project. But as we get started, I'd love for you to share the story um, that really inspired you to do this research snapshot in the first place. Oh, absolutely. So, you know, at the Utah Women in Leadership Project, we've been doing research for years. Snapshots, which are secondary data collection or primary research. And we hadn't got as much into health-related things because that really doesn't feel, I'm a women's leadership scholar, right? Doesn't feel like something that, that is in my wheelhouse. I, I actually did one of my annual visits with my um, OBGYN. And um, I remember one day her just telling me, I'm leaving Utah. I, I can't, can't take it anymore. And I said, what, what are you talking about? She was saying, I feel like constantly I'm telling women to have their mammographies. And they're just not listening. They're not doing it. And I'm just tired of telling women they have breast cancer. And she, she did. She moved. Um, I've had a few different ones. This was one. She moved out of the state. She said, women here need to take better care of themselves. And so that one kind of shook me up. And that made me think, you know what, we should, even though it may not seem like it's a women in leadership, it is because, you know, you, you can't really find your voice and develop your confidence and stuff if you're struggling with poverty, if you're struggling with sexual assault, if you're struggling with your health. If you're struggling with cancer, so thank you for asking. <laughs> I, I've always remembered that story so clearly, and it was really powerful for me. I Just from a personal point of view, my mother had breast cancer and my grandmother had breast cancer. And so this is really a, an issue that's really close to my heart uh, on both sides, my, my grandmother on my dad's side. So I've got this coming. So every time I go into my own doctor, we, we have these really serious conversations. So I was intrigued to find out that our rates are so much lower than the national rates. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So one of the things that we found in doing this research 
is that there are a lot of factors, demographic factors, that really influence whether or not women are having close to national average rates for their mammography screenings or well below national average rates. So one of the factors is age, we found, and that younger women are less likely to have those. And and we'll talk about that a little more later about some of the reasons why younger women are less likely. But breast cancer does uh, increase in incidence as you get older. And so some of these women are feeling like, oh, it's not really a risk for me. I will tell you personally that I was breastfeeding kids forever, and you can't have your mammography when you're breastfeeding. Mm. And so that was one of the things I needed to wait till I was done breastfeeding my kids, which makes a difference. So one thing I did want to say is, although the the state incident rate for female breast cancer in 2013 was below the national average, Utah's relatively low rate of early screening really remains a concern. That is really important. And we might think, well, since we have below national average rates, maybe that screening isn't such a big deal. But but there are a lot of reasons why our rates are lower. And, and I'm not a medical expert, but just from things that I've read, because we're generally healthier, because we don't smoke, because we're, yeah. we're active and things like that, that helps keep our overall cancer rates low. But this, this breast cancer is very much a treatable cancer. And so we want to make sure that women understand how important it is to get those screenings So we early. need to not give ourselves a pass. We have a little bit less breast cancer for women. I actually, I moved to a new neighborhood uh, in the past year, but in my old neighborhood um, in Highland, there are two women in my neighborhood right now that are really going through breast cancer. So yeah. it's not something that that we say, well, nobody really gets this. As you said, your mother and your grandmother. Yeah. And I have a really close friend who had breast cancer when she was 35. Wow. It, it can hit anyone. And so because the screening is relatively inexpensive, it's relatively simple, there's no reason for us not to do it. If we can make sure that we're catching this early and doing great treatment, I, we're all going to be so much better off. Yeah, I, I love that. And and I, I really think, I wonder, and you probably don't have this answer. We can ask each other questions, but we're not the experts on this. But but five Mountain West states are well below the the national average. And I, I just wonder, what's going on on the West? Can, you know, maybe it, we're outside and we feel more healthy or something. I don't know. Maybe we have more kids, right? That, that, <laughs> that is one of the issues. And we're going to get to that okay. later. That's actually a huge issue in the screening rates is the number of children that you have. A couple of other, other demographic factors that I found interesting, though, was that um, the racial group most likely to be getting their mammograms was Asian women followed by black women, followed by Pacific Islander women, then by white women and uh, American Indian Native Alaskan women. So white women actually fall lower on this, which is not always what we see in terms of a lot of the health outcomes. Absolutely. And so there must be something within these other groups that uh, that there's some good uh, pro-social behavior encouraging the, the um, seeking of these types of screening activities. We also have very low percentages of black women overall in the state. So those numbers always have to be taken yeah, with a grain of salt, we know. Um, the income levels was, as we might have predicted, that women with an annual income of less than 25,000 were significantly less likely to uh, get a mammogram screaming within the previous two years than women in a higher income levels. It, it kind of is a, a trend, isn't it? The lowest income, they're not getting those screenings, a little bit higher, a little bit more. Absolutely. Okay. And, and those factors also correlate with higher education levels, which we also see the lower your education level, the less likely you are. Um, and it also correlates with uh, whether or not you have health insurance. And, and access to a regular doctor. And all of those issues are absolutely critical um, because women, without a regular healthcare professional, they don't have someone to remind you. When was the last time you had your mammogram? And so if they're they're not going in until maybe they're 
noticing something, noticing symptoms, and by then the the disease yeah. might be a little bit more advanced. Absolutely. In terms of education, you know, Robin, I've studied this for so many years. I've been a, a strong voice in the state for women to go to college and graduate, but I know from the research I've done through the years that people tend to, if they have more education, have health care, right? That's one of the things. But also, they also tend to create better nutrition for themselves and their children and those kinds of things as well. So that is uh, one of the reasons. You're just more aware, too, the, um, not just anecdotal, but the research says that you tend to be more aware of health-related, for instance, more educated women and men smoke less. Right. So that makes sense that more education links to more screenings. Yeah. And you're going to have better access to health news and and be understanding the ramifications of the studies and different things like that. So all of those things work together to increase those rates of of these types of screenings. So so the next factor that I found absolutely fascinating was understanding why women were less likely. So so outside of those basic demographic factors, And one of them was that different perceptions from actually different governing bodies talking about Mm. um, when you should be getting your screenings and actually whether or not insurance companies are paying for this. Mm. And that was something that I found fascinating. There are a couple of different major governing bodies looking at cancer in the United States, and their recommendations were slightly different. And because of that, I wonder if some women said, oh, well, this group says I don't need it till I'm 40. Others say I should start getting it at 45. So it must not be that big of a deal, right? I'm not going to worry about it yet. And once you put something off, it's easy to let it get out of your mind. Yeah. And and governing bodies do change recommendations from time to time. So I know one of them was at 45, rec- started recommending another one 50. Now, now we're seeing 40 even, especially right when there's risk factors. And wh- what did you find were some of the risk factors? Well, in terms of risk factors, the major one is whether or not you have a close family yeah. member who's also had Which breast cancer. Which you do. I do. Yeah. My, my own mother and my paternal grandmother. And so um, that's why my doctors were always encouraging me to get it, but then they found out I was still breastfeeding. They're like, you can't get it yet. And so that was that was a really interesting thing. And, and again, uh, when we get out of this pattern of doing it regularly, then it, it hard, it's hard to make it a habit. And so I love some of the things that we've done in the state of Utah to say um, October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. They'll give yes. you a little chocolate. They give this Last year I got mine and they gave me a mask because it was COVID. <laughs> and so doing, doing public awareness campaigns, I think, really can help to remind you, oh, yeah, it's been a couple of years since I've done that. And do you know, uh, I had a doctor at that time, um, a different doctor than I was talking about before, but Dr. Susan Steffens, actually, I think she may have retired by now, but um, she actually gave me a talking to years ago. And I think I was just in my early 40s. Maybe I can't remember. Maybe it was 45. But she, she just looked at me, pointed her finger at me and said, you need to get a mammogram every year now moving forward. And you know what? I see her face every year. I get it. I'm a committed person in terms of getting that screening every single year, even though I don't have the risk factors that some other women like you do. Um, it's just a habit. It's important. It doesn't take that much time. Yet, Didn't we find sometimes in our research that the more kids you have, the less likely you are to have that? Oh, yes. And that was one of the things that I found most fascinating in all of this research is that family size and makeup influence the likelihood of women getting mammograms. There was a study that showed that women with more than two children at home, or was it three children at home? Oh, it was women with three children at home had the highest level of noncompliance. And as a mother of six... Is it three or more? Three or more, Three or more. Three or more. So uh, I can... 
Like, I feel this so deeply, right? Especially when you've got the little kids, getting a babysitter. You can't have the kids go with you to get your mammogram. And so getting the care that you need. And also, just when you're in that space with all those kids running around, your own health often takes a backseat. Well, sometimes there's messages out there that, that we as women, in fact, it's not sometimes, they are out there, especially in our culture in Utah, that women need to sacrifice. We shouldn't think about ourselves. I wonder if that comes into play sometimes, that, that maybe it's selfish to go get the screening. Maybe it's selfish. You know, I've actually heard a few women say that, but what I say back is it's not selfish. The more that you think about yourself and your own health and mental health as well as physical health, the more that you can serve and and really be a better mom. I mean, you can't be a great mom if you're sick and you have cancer, right? I mean, you can do the best you can. You know what I'm saying, I Robin. agree 100%. <laughs> we, we can't take care of our families if we haven't taken care of ourselves. Yeah. We, we don't have anything to give if, if we're sick or, or worn down and so many different things. That lack of time factor was huge um, that women reported their reason for not getting their screenings. It was the second highest reason that women gave for not getting their mammography um, screenings. 18% of women said that lack of time was the reason why they didn't versus 20% of women saying that they couldn't afford it or they lacked insurance. And so those factors all work together. And and for women of low income or who don't have access to a lot of the resources they need, these all combine together to make it really, really difficult. You know, that, I mean, it feels like we always have so much to do as mothers. Now, I, my kids are out of the house, but I went through this for many years. However, it is once a year. And I have found in the state of Utah, especially I've been going to Intermountain uh, healthcare clinics, that they really don't keep me waiting long. I really get in there. I'm usually in and out in 20 minutes, 30 minutes at the most. So when we think of once a year, or or if you're younger, once every two years, or whatever the recommendations are today, that's really not a lot of time. I think I I just think if we put it on our schedules and get it done, um, and just just make it happen, it, it will bring peace. You know, oftentimes we think, oh, these things will never happen to us, but I don't know. Pandemic has changed my my thinking, and people that I know that have had breast cancer have changed my thinking on that. So. I'll make the time. Absolutely. And even though the numbers are low and we might have relatively low risk factors, the averages are just averages, right? And, and if that one person is you, it changes your entire life. And so it, I, I love to think about the ways that we can overcome some of these barriers. And that was the last thing that we talked about in our research was what the governing bodies over cancer screenings have recommended that we can do to increase our percentages of women getting their screenings. So yeah, let's move well, over and talk about that well, a little what bit. A, what of those is just increasing our awareness, right? That's one of the reasons we're doing this podcast, because I think both of us are committed to women's health and making sure we do those things that really don't take that much time to keep ourselves really healthy. But continuing awareness, I love some of the billboards I've seen through the years, especially from the University of Utah. I think Intermountain has probably done some. And I think think we need to continue to increase whatever ways we can. um, I love that story you told about your doctor and seeing her face every time that you did this. I think that our personal uh, physicians can make such a difference in our own commitment to do this. And that's why it's important to help more people who don't have a regular family doctor get that access so they're having that 
regular communication. And another one that's very important that's related to this was decreasing the structural and financial barriers to cancer screenings. Yeah. And I know I, I have great health insurance, but I had to fight with my health insurance a couple of times because they coded it wrong. And oh. so the mammography was coming through as fully covered, but the doctor reading the thing wasn't coming through as fully covered. And I had to make five or 10 phone calls. Oh, that just what doesn't, a pain. It doesn't make any sense, right? We, we need to do better with our structural organizations, our um, insurance companies to make sure that we're making this a smooth process for all women. Yeah. I, I also think I'm doing more and more with, um, even though this, this snapshot's a little bit old, um, and I'm hoping we'll update that in the next year or two, but I'm doing more and more in public policy and really interacting with the legislature and, and the governor's office in some different areas. And I, I think this continues. It needs to be we need to look at any public policies that might be helpful as well, I think. I'm so glad you brought that up because that was the third recommendation that was made was to find ways to increase and implement policies that will make it easier for women to get their mammograms. And one of them was providing totally free screenings for any woman that's um, at or below 250% of the federal poverty level. Mm-hmm. There are other things that we can do. And so working at it at the policy level is absolutely critical. But one thing that I found interesting was looking at it from the employer mm, level. Yeah. And and, and encouraging companies to uh, give women half a day off to say, go and get your uh, health screenings, go and get your mammograms and things like that. That's something that we don't naturally think of because we, we think of this as a personal issue. But employers can contribute to this type of pro-social behavior by giving women space within their work schedules to do it, making sure they're providing insurance that covers it fully, which it should be under federal insurance guidelines now. You know, but and you could you could actually, now that I'm thinking about it, you could do that for, you know, do a half day, but encourage colonoscopies. Um, I'm trying to think what all of the different screenings, but there are annual screenings or screenings, you know, every five or 10 years that that we can encourage that. You know, in the state of Utah, I've been talking a lot on childcare, which doesn't relate to this. But the one piece that does relate to this is that um, we have in the state of Utah really believed that so many of these issues are only private issues. However, Many of these issues, like this one, are public issues, too. That's why we really need some public policy, I think. Absolutely. There really are so many things... All all of these tricky issues that we're working with all the time, it takes concerted efforts from all different stakeholder groups, including employers, families, even churches, the the media and different um, organizations that can work to raise awareness. They're all going to make a difference in making sure that women understand why this is so important, that their barriers to getting their screenings are removed, and that they have the time and space to do what they need. And, you know, mammography is widely recognized as really an important tool in fighting against breast cancer. And so many of the things that we've talked about today are, are, you know, trying to motivate increasing awareness, helping us understand that this really is important. And the, the disease, I mean, if you get breast cancer, that's devastating. It can be devastating, of course, life-threatening for many. But if you catch it early, it changes everything. Mm-hmm. So before we sign off today, I'd love to give a shout out to some of the organizations that really are the experts on this. We're, we're working to raise awareness today and to share some research, but but we recommended in our snapshot that people check out the Huntsman Cancer Institute, the Utah Cancer Action Network, and the Utah Cancer Control Program. All three of those organizations have the recommendations, the resources that you need to learn more, and really take that step forward to getting the screenings that you need in order to protect your own health. 
Robin, thanks so much for joining us today with this episode. And thanks so much to you for joining us today on this podcast series hosted by the Utah Women in Leadership Project at Utah State University in partnership with Utah Public Radio, USU Extension, and the John M. Huntsman School of Business. A special thanks to Emily Colby for her technical support. Our core mission is to strengthen the impact of Utah girls and women. To learn more about our research, resources, and events, please visit us at utwomen.org. Thank you.